It's time for Larry No Sports. My guest tonight is Mark to Market. Market Fresh. Market Priced. Marcus Haugen. And I'm your host, Larry the Athlete-Bang. Hey, Marcus, good to have you back on the program. Uh, you were just telling me you're wearing a minor league baseball hat featuring Dr. Cocktail Sauce, the supervillain. That's right. He's an enemy of the Jacksonville Jumbo Shrimp. Ooh. Jacksonville, they're an affiliate of who? I could not tell you. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I'm wearing a... I did just did a quick search for, like, minor league baseball hats and stumbled mm. upon this one really liked the colors and that it was a luchador so it's the uh richmond flying squirrels but they're uh spanish speaking alter ego for like latin heritage appreciation week mm. yeah, and their affiliates i think double a of san francisco giants that's cool it's a cool hat yeah thank you um so uh the Padres are would be they're they're killing it and they just retooled to really go for it this year. Yes. Um, the Padres first kind of came on my radar just talking to you because they're your favorite team. We were doing yes. the baseball preview for the season. And so I'm just like, yeah. So they became on my radar. I asked you like who are the you you mentioned they have one of the deepest farm systems in all of baseball. Mm-hmm. And I'm guessing they have a forward-thinking GM, right? Forward they do, front yeah. Office. Yeah, which uh, is something I'm always a fan of. Go ahead. Oh, I mean, it's been interesting because just sort of like their GM, because I was thinking about this in preparation for the episode, and like I think in a lot of ways the way they built their team wasn't that dissimilar from like sort of the way the Atlanta Braves have been stockpiling prospects forever. And so it's been interesting to see sort of like the way RGM is a very aggressive trader versus like Atlanta is really letting these guys ferment even when they're not necessarily always killing it. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, Atlanta is also pretty much a shoe in for the playoffs. I, I yes. get, it, it seems like they're, and maybe even Atlanta's a little further along in their was further along in their rebuild process. Fernando sure. Tis just kind of, I mean, he exceeded expectations this year, obviously. Yeah. So, you know, I started seeing him, uh, seeing that he was killing it in this season. I see that they went back to like their retro brown and yellow uniforms, which is they even did. before yes. my time. Like the earliest, the ones I remember are the brown and orange. Mm. Um, but I thought like it had this cool like 1970s look. I really like it, especially in contrast to what they have been, which is just like sort of that navy blue and white. And it's just was like the most generic thing yeah. in the world, especially when there's so many teams running out there in blue and white uniforms. Yeah. I really appreciate so, a good, unique uniform. Yeah. 
And yeah, I was thinking about this too. Like what, I think the only other team I could think of was the Cleveland Browns as far as a team where one of their major colors is brown. Yeah, it's yeah. true. <laughs> but it looks really cool and it looks like specifically like just like room decoration in the 70s. Mm-hmm. And then Fernando Tis with his bleached, like almost yellow looking hair, it just like matches the uniform. It looks awesome. It's true. Yeah. yeah. It's a very cool look. I'm really excited about it. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, so then Tatis has that thing where he hits a grand slam when he's up by so much any on a 3 0 count where like most yes. people expected him to take. Uh, made a big deal, but it also got his name put people onto his radar or yeah made him like more of a household name he's still leading the majors in home runs and so i at that point i'm like all right i'm i'm jumping on this bandwagon this san diego padres super padres bandwagon uh so much so that i ordered a a hat a yellow and brown hat but oh nice it came it was a little too small i had to exchange it but it's cool. It's like squirrel. brown, but like the middle section is yellow. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. And then I like, there, there are images of Ozzy. I didn't even know Ozzy Smith was originally a Padre, but mm-hmm. he was, and he had that hat. Uh, so me and Ozzy. <laughs> so that's a good pair. Yeah. <laughs> the, the dynamic duo. Yeah. The wizard and the athlete. Yes. Yeah. So, uh, there's, so, I got a Padres hat, and then this trade deadline, which was Monday or Sunday? Yeah, something right around there. Right around there. I mean, the Padres were aggressive, uh, as you said. Very much so. They're like, we're going to go try to win it this year. Mm -hmm. And correct me if I'm wrong, they, they traded some, I mean, some of their better prospects, but like, I think the ones at the top of their prospect depth chart didn't get traded. Yeah, it's an interesting bunch of players. And, like, the, I think this is where sort of I was, like, thinking about the Atlanta Braves because, like, it's just, like, these guys you've been hearing about forever and it's, like, well, they're going to get here. And then, like, some of them, like, showed up but were blocked for playing time. Some of them kind of struggled. And – but you were, like, this is this is the future of the team – within like a year or two, these guys will be major contributors. And definitely a lot of those guys are gone. But considering what they got for giving up none of their best guys, I think it was a pretty good haul. Yeah, absolutely. So let's go through some of the trades. Sure. Yeah, and I'm guessing like nobody expected this to be the year that the Padres started cashing in their chips to really go for a playoff run. No. I mean... Obviously, like, Tatis has accelerated the timeline. Yeah. But I also think that, like, at least in my mind, there is, like, sort of the calculus of with the expanded playoffs. They're kind of like, there's no way we miss. Like, no matter what our bad luck is, we're getting into the playoffs. And then if we have, like, a roster that can get hot, we can win. Like, getting in, because I feel like in a lot of years, you would just kind of be like, look like the Dodgers are running away with the division and we might cool off and become an iffy wildcard team. Is it really worth sending these guys away to make a run at that wild card? And you'd kind of go, 
no, a lot can go wrong over a long season. And some of these guys even, I guess we'll get to it a little more later, but like some of the guys they traded for are just like hot bats who mm. could cool off. And then it could be a disaster where you give up these pieces and you don't even make the playoffs. But here, the season's so short that they're in such good shape. I think it'd be almost impossible for them to miss now, knock on wood. Yeah. Um, that's like, yeah, I think the short season has changed the calculus in a big way. Yeah, I agree with that. That's a good point. Because, um, yeah, even if in another season, even if they didn't cool off, they'd still they probably wouldn't catch the Dodgers and then they'd be, they'd have just a play in game to make the playoffs, which, you know, that's just very luck dependent, whether your team's going to do well that day or not. Absolutely. All right. So the first trade, Oh, and going into the trade deadline, I mean, obviously their lineup was cooking. Uh, yes. Their bullpen. Was that considered a weak point? It was, I mean, definitely like Kirby Yates getting hurt is a big part of that. Because mm-hmm. uh, he's been an elite closer. And so losing him, they have a guy named Craig Stamen who has been sort of a old reliable setup man who doesn't really strike that many guys out, but is okay. And he seems to be sort of headed into that washed area. Mm. And so like, I think they were like, we need to do something here. Right. So they make a trade with Kansas City to get Trevor Rosenthal. Um, And they trade uh, outfield prospect Olivares. He was, was he still a minor leaguer at that point, at this point? Yep. All right. And Rosenthal, Rosenthal's been good this year as a reliever. He is. Have you been following sort of his career? Sort of. I mean, I remember him with uh, the Cardinals. Yes. I think he was like, was very good for them, got hurt. And then like, I think it was Tommy John missed a season, came back with the nationals and was essentially unplayable, like out of the league Mm. bad. And so like this resurgence with the Royals has been a bit of a surprise. Uh, But it seems like there are some tangible changes that are worth at least taking a chance on, especially for what they paid for him, which seemed to be like, uh, Olivares is probably like a, a fourth outfielder type. Mm-hmm. And right. so it's, he's a minor league player. I guess you don't want to give up that for nothing, but it doesn't seem like a guy who's going to burn them so hard. Yeah. Um, so he's now, I mean, it's it, the, I guess that in the top two in their bullpen with Drew Pomerantz, yeah. And Drew Pomerantz used to be a starter, or was when he was coming up. Yes. Yeah. I think the the bullpen stuff is pretty new for him. Mm-hmm. But he's been pretty good uh, this year? Uh, yeah, he's been pretty good. Yeah. Um, So, <laughs> they've got Drew Pomerantz and Trevor Rosenthal, both very Jewish last names. Yes. And, and neither of them is Jewish. I mean, the temple my family belonged to when I was growing up, the rabbi of that temple was Rabbi Pomerantz. Wow. And uh, uh, I, I used to have a doctor who was Jewish named Dr. Rosenthal. <laughs> Except not this bullpen. 
for some reason. Yeah. I don't. I, I really don't understand how you get the last name Rosenthal without being Jewish. I mean, people leave the faith. Would yeah, be that's my true. Guess. Yeah, that's that's probably what it is. Ashanda. <laughs> Wait, what's a, what's the word? Ashanda. It means like a shame. Damn, Shonda rhymes. <laughs> uh, okay, so then they get uh, left-handed master Mitch Moreland. Yeah, Boston. Boston is not really in a playoff race. Moreland's no, like he's horrible. an older guy. Right? Yes. Yeah. Uh, but uh, is so his hitting. I know it looks like he's like crushing it this year. Has he always been that? Oh. Uh, I mean, not what he's been this year, which has been insane, but I yeah. think that's like, there were a couple moves in here where it felt um, to me a little bit like maybe it was a buy high, but maybe they're also just trying to catch lightning in a bottle with some of these guys. Mm-hmm. And I think Mitch Moreland definitely fits that. He's always been sort of a, like, a platoony, like, slower first baseman guy with, like, you played him every day, maybe like 30 home run power, but didn't I guess I think this was a lot about Tommy Pham getting hurt. Okay. Uh Tommy Pham has a broken hamate bone. And I'm not sure exactly when he will be back, but that's an injury that famously, even when you do come back, your power isn't gonna come back for like another six months. Mm-hmm. And so it's like you're okay swinging the bat, but like you just can't you're not gonna be hitting a ton of homers usually. Where is the hamate? Bone located? It's in your hand. Okay. But it's I guess, um, something to do with, like, that really think, the end of the bat speed. Yeah, I think it's something like the torque in the wrist somehow. Like, uh-huh. you just can't generate the same power. And so it seems like Moreland is mostly going to be their DH and kind of back up Hosmer sometimes. Mm-hmm. And just initially when I saw the trade, I was like, Hosmer? has been really good this year, which is weird because normally he's pretty mediocre. But Mm. I think this was more about Tommy Pham getting hurt and them saying we need another bat with some pop in the lineup. Yeah. Uh, Cool. So they get him and yeah, I mean, I guess we'll see if he's more of a platoon guy. Um, Yeah. So they made two trades for catchers. Yes. And who's... Did they trade away their current catcher as part of uh, this? They traded away one of them, okay. who I think was their third catcher. Okay. Um, yeah, because they had been rolling out Austin Hedges, who at one point was a renowned prospect and has turned into uh, basically a defense-only player. Like, mm-hmm. are you familiar with Jeff Mathis? Yes. This guy's basically Jeff Mathis, where okay. it's like he's in the league because he can. He's very good at framing pitches yeah. and such, but horrible hitter. And so he has been horrible as always. And then they have another guy. His name is escaping me at the moment. Is it like it's like a Annie Potts or something like that? Oh, Hudson Potts, not that guy. <laughs> not Annie he's Potts a, from from Designing Women. Um, oh, Francisco Mejia, uh-huh. who was a big prospect with the Indians, mostly for his hitting. And people were kind of like, this guy's a great hitter, but he may end up at like third base or first base 
and not be a catcher because the defense isn't there. Well, mm. he's still a catcher, and now he doesn't know how to hit <laughs> He's even worse than Austin Hedges. And so it's just like they've been essentially unplayable. Yeah, so they've been and, that's been one of the weak spots in their batting order. Yes. So they get Castro from the Angels and Austin Nola from the Mariners. Yes. Um, yes. Okay, so... Are these guys, how are they hitting this season and just in general? Well, Noah is, the backstory is different, but the this season's story is kind of the same where it seems like the Padres are buying on a hot bat. Right. He's like an older, he, it's his second year or something. He's still like under his rookie contract, but he's older, right? Yes, yeah. he's 29. It's like his second year in the major league. So he's like a very late bloomer. And hard to know to me, like, I feel like sometimes we see these guys like Adam Duvall feels like not completely the same, but a similar story where this guy came up at like in his late twenties and just mashed for a couple of years. And then it's like, okay, like the league has figured this guy out and he was just like kind of done and became very much a marginal player. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's like a old outfielder for the Reds when he was good. And then I think the Braves traded something for him and he's just like not really usable. I don't know. I hope that's not what happens with Austin Nola, but it reminds me a little bit of that where these guys just kind of like something clicks that gives them a couple of year run and then it's over. Right. 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 Uh, Um, Well, hopefully, I mean, that at least doesn't happen until next year. So now are Nola and Castro, do they, what, uh, what side of the plate do they hit on? Is it the same or? Are they platoonable? Um, I want to say it's a platoony situation. Yeah. Which seems catcher seems like the best position to have a platoon because you can't play them every day anyway. Yeah, it's yeah. true. You got to have them both on the roster, so why not? Yeah. And all right, so along with the the Mariners deal, looks like it included other players. Um, they yeah, gave a couple up ta- relievers. Taylor Trammell, who I think was. Was he the best prospect they gave up? Yeah, I think he was. And um, they let the Mariners Hall, our infielder Ty France, catcher Luis Torrens, and right-handed reliever Andres Munoz. Were any of those guys, how were those guys on the Padres this year? Um, Ty France, I was very sad to see go. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's a pretty limited defensive player. Like, he was going to have to be at third or first because he's not too quick on his feet, but he was super blocked on by the Padres. Like you have Machado and Eric Cosmer who are both on mega deals. Yeah. So he absolutely mashed triple a last year and was hitting really well this year in like very limited time, but they just did not have a place for him. He it's kind of interesting to me that they wouldn't give him a longer run at DH yeah. instead traded for Moreland. But I think, I guess they sort of weighed bringing in catcher help and Moreland versus hanging on to Ty France. And so. Right. And I guess once they got Moreland's, they didn't need him. Yeah. So maybe if they don't do the Moreland deal, I don't know. They could have, uh, whoever yeah. they traded for Moreland's could have been part of this Mariners deal, but it's what it is. And they get relievers, Austin Adams uh, and Dan Altavia. Yes. Uh, Austin Adams, that name is familiar. 
Um, also, quick note about uh, Andres Munoz. Mm-hmm. He actually was traded from the Red Sox for Drew Pomerantz a few years ago. Ah, okay. And he was at that point like a super big prospect, like one of the Red Sox best. Yeah. And everyone's like, this guy is electric. He throws so hard and he's got a second pitch. I think at that point they were looking at him as a starter. And we're thinking like, if this guy gets a third pitch, he could be, he has like number one starter potential. But since the Padres got him, he just cannot stay healthy. Mm-hmm. He's been constantly injured, and I think they they're calling him a reliever now. I think partly because they're like, we just can't ever anticipate this guy putting 150 innings on his arm. Like it's just not going to happen. Let's start just focusing on those two pitches and how he can come in for an inning and just annihilate people. Yeah, and was he doing but, that at all? I mean, I think he's injured again. I yeah. think he like played very briefly and got hurt this season. So it's one of those things where, like, in theory, an incredible talent, but just cannot stay healthy. Yeah, and um, yeah, I guess the Mariners are just hoping that he gets healthy, and then they could use him as a ball yeah. and see what happens from there. Uh, what? And so, what are your thoughts on Adams and Altavia? Uh, I mean. Not, I hadn't really heard of them, although I'm also admittedly not closely following the Mariners. I mean, yeah, Adams is interesting. He's striking out almost 15 people per nine innings, which is very, very good. Mm-hmm. I mean, the underlying metrics say that he's better than his ERA. So, like, in theory, it, the season could only get better for him. Right. And so I think he's an interesting piece just based on like the numbers I looked up after we traded for him. Uh, I'm really not terribly interested in Dan Adavia. He has been consistently pretty bad, both by like ERA and by the underlying numbers. Yeah. I'm not, I, it just feels like one of those things where they like, the Padres are like, look, like we just don't even have guys we can throw out there during a blowout to get shelled. And we think there's maybe something with this guy. So like, let's try to implement the changes and not give him important innings until we know what we have. I think I got to think that's the calculation. Mm-hmm. They just needed arms, like whatever, yeah. <laughs> whatever body was attached to him. Uh, it's saying, I think I'm reading that Austin Adams, um, is recovering, has been recovering from an ACL surgery, but will return Uh, soon. Uh, interesting. That's not as common an injury for pitchers. True. Or wait, isn't there an ACL in both the elbow and the knee or something like that? Or it's UCL in the elbow. I realize you're yeah, right. Yeah, I was yeah, looking yeah. at 2019 numbers for okay. him. So I guess we haven't seen him yet this year. It's UCL. UCL is the Tommy John surgery. Uh, yes, UCL yeah. is Tommy John. ACL, I, I mean, think. It's probably the knee. Yeah. MCL is definitely the knee. I think PCL also is the knee. Yeah. I know there are three in the knee, which yeah. is ACL, PCL, and MCL. But I. F- some something's ringing a bell that one of those there's also like a PCL in the also. elbow or something like that. Oh, this but seems like it. I could very much be wrong. So, uh, cool. So while you're looking that up, 
um, the big, the big, the big haul for the Padres was getting Mike Clevenger. Yes. Who is, I mean, had, was an ace last year and has been, uh, he had the big story of going out in Chicago, uh, breaking protocol and then, you know, breaking COVID protocol. And then the Indians probably wanted to part ways at with him after that. But he was the, he was a big name. Yeah. I think I honestly, for what they gave up for him, I'm wondering how much sort of the bad locker room vibes lowered his price. Yeah. It has to have. Cause what they gave up is not a ton. Yeah. And so, I mean, good for us. The Indians have like a long track hist- like track record of sort of selling low on guys and not getting what they should <laughs> get for them. So it's a good trade partner. Yeah. Is it? Um, uh, and Clevenger, he's still like under team control for another year or more. Yeah, I think we get him at least for next year. Yeah. So it's a good deal. It's a really good deal. You know, something I heard is that... Um, you know, the Astros and Dodgers are kind of, they're good with where they are, especially the Dodgers. Like, they didn't need anybody, so they weren't really a trading partner. The Yankees, yeah. um, they kind of feel like they just need to wait for Judge and and Stanton to get healthy, and then they'll be fine. So maybe with less, so there were less buyers on the market, so that's why San Diego was able to, like, what they feel like was to get guy, buy guys at decent prices. Yeah, it's true. I just took a look at Clevenger's contract. He's not a free agent until 2023. Oh, wow. So they got him for a while. Yeah, 2023. So, yeah. Um, that's, yeah. I mean, that because they need they didn't have an ace, even though their rotation's been no. doing well. Yes. I mean, Paddock is the closest thing, but he's like another one of those guys who like came early and probably still has like growing pains to go through. Like they have some really good, interesting pitching prospects that they have not given up. And those guys are still in the farm system. Yes. Yeah. So that means, I mean, if they could, if any of those guys pan out in the next year or two, they could really have a formidable pitching staff to go along yeah. with their lineup. Uh, and was that, that I think that may have been it as far as trades go, but still a lot. They were the most active of the deadline and really made a splash. And I don't know. How, how are you feeling? Are you overall feeling good about this? Yeah, I am. I initially was sort of nervous. You see sort of the names that are going out, like even Munoz, France, Hudson Potts was a first round pick not that long ago. And so it was kind of like, oh, my God, like, what the hell are we doing? Mm-hmm. It sort of freaked me out the way before the season they traded uh, Luis Urias, Urias. They traded him to the Brewers for uh, what's his name? Our center fielder now, uh, Trent Grisham. And it kind of freaked me out because you're just like told for years and years, this guy's the future of the team. Like, this is part of the plan. Here are what his skills are. Here's what you can look forward to. And you see all these guys go out the door and you're kind of like, holy shit. Like, what was the plan here? We're bailing on it. But, like, the more I've, like, 
thought about it and read about it, it's like we didn't give up the guys who still look like they could be superstars. Right. We gave up a lot of guys who have major league ability, but at least so far haven't shown the ability to be anything more than like borderline starter bench guy. And so I I like it. I'm glad that they're doing it. And especially for what they've given up, it the timing feels right. Yeah. Like, very likely they're going to the playoffs and then they've got depth now that they didn't have before. And if they get what they need to from sort of a inconsistent pitching staff, they could really make a run. Mm-hmm. And I think what you said is very true that they see the extended playoffs as a good opportunity to make the gamble. Yeah. So if we look at uh, their lineup now, um, let's go to, well, actually you were talking about Grisham before Grisham. Yes. uh, He's also very young, right? Yes. It was sort of a like prospect challenge trade. uh, I feel like, right. Uh, And Grisham, I don't know. He hasn't been hitting. He's up first in their batting order, even though his, his numbers are okay, but not, uh, there are other guys who've been better. Sure. Is he, does he have a lot of speed, Grisham? He's sort of like a, I guess he's sort of like a power speed combo. Mm -hmm. I think. So, I mean, I think like, well, I mean, his OPS plus right now is 121, which is good. Oh, wow. Yeah. So, like, I think there are some things there, even though the batting average isn't there. Like, he knows how to take a walk. He's hitting the ball hard. Yeah. Is that your computer? That's mine. I think it's yours. It is mine. Nice. Uh, it was. It's an ad for, I think, buying a home on ESPN.com. Oh, shit. Anyway, so you were saying his OPS Plus is... Is uh, 121, which uh-huh. is... Really hard to be mad at. That's yeah. a really nice number. And he's a power speed combo. So yeah, he's there. Then you have Tatis, who's maybe the an MVP candidate. Yes. Uh, Manny Machado is having a very much uh, very welcome rebound year. He's yes. slugging six oh six. Hosmer also having a rebound year. So he's yeah, going to be first baseman slash DH with Moreland. Is Hosmer? Yes. Husper is a righty. He's a lefty. Okay, so they're both lefty. He's a lefty as well. Yeah. Uh, Moreland is the DH. Um, Will Myers. It's like finally the Will Myers that was promised is what the Padres. Because he was forever ago. Yeah. Even like better than what anyone could reasonably expect from him, even if he had turned out to be good. Yeah, because he was at one point the, the number one prospect in all of baseball, right? With the Rays. Yeah. And then, and I guess just never really amounted to much. And this year he's OBP of 365 and slugging of 602. So, yeah, he's killing it. Yeah. Uh Cronenworth, um who's also killing it. And he was That's like so the cool. He was the um Wait, what, what were you saying? Oh, I mean it really that one really feels like almost out of nowhere. Yeah, cuz he was the throw-in to the Tommy Pham trade. Yes. But 
Tommy Pham's injured and Cronenworth is killing it. Second. Yes. Then cat then the catcher, uh, who's now gonna be the platoon of Nola Castro. Uh a much much increased batting there. And then Profar. <laughs> or, or is there another left fielder I don't know about? Um no, I think it still will be Profar. Yeah. Has he been I guess he's been not so great hitting, but serviceable. Yeah. He really seems like he just had that one good season in Texas and mm. everyone's like, oh, the prospect pedigree. Cause he's another former number one. Oh yeah. Yeah. He like was like one of those guys for years in Texas. They were like, this is the best player in baseball in three years. And then it just, it never happened. He had mm-hmm. one good year in Texas. Then he was an A now we've got him. He's fine. Yeah. I mean, Major League Baseball, it seems like, has the widest range of like where prospects are are uh, rated at versus what they become. I mean, it's almost like with your farm system, you just want to just collect as many like hard throwing arms and good bats as possible, and just hope at least like a few of them turn out to be good. Yeah, because I think of like Aaron Judge was like not considered a good prospect. And no. there's you have uh, situations with guys like Profar who do the opposite. Yeah, that's yeah. true. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, so so it sounds... So San Diego um, yes. will likely be the four seed if things continue the way they've been going, which means... Uh, They'll play whoever the fifth seed is, which I guess would be another second place team like the Miami Marlins out of nowhere. Uh, but then they'd likely play the Dodgers in the second round, and that's what they're yes. gearing up towards. Yeah, it really is. Because the Dodgers, I feel like it, the scariest thing is the depth. Mm-hmm. Where it's like they had a lot of guys who are still like kind of not performing the way you expected. I think like Max Muncy, I think is still hitting under 200. Like guys you Mm. thought would be like big contributors and they're still so good. Whereas like the Padres we've needed like Zach Davies who, unless the Padres have figured something out, I just have no faith in this guy. Like he doesn't Zach Davies. Yeah. He was part of like the Trent Grisham trade too. Um, but like he just doesn't strike people out. He's like a almost like sort of a Kyle Hendricksy type. Mm-hmm. But like it's just like every time he's out there, it scares me because the ball gets put in play a lot. Yeah. And then like I don't know. I'm just like looking at the pitching staff, and it's like you really need like Zach Davies and Diddleson Lamette to show up, and they're having good years, but. I just worry about both those guys. Yeah. That's why they, I mean, they really need a guy like Clevenger and more yeah. probably. Cause it's like Paddock is still learning. Lamette is a guy with like amazing stuff, but has struggled with control at times. Like I think it, people have like, it, he's having a good year. I don't think anyone's saying this now, but a lot of people were like, this guy needs to be the closer because he just cannot get 
60 pitches in the strike zone. It's insane to ask him to do that. And so like, there's always the possibility for that. Davies will never not feel like a time bomb to me. They needed Clevenger. And then you hope you get at least like three good starts from those other guys, or I guess like two. Yeah. You probably run Clevenger into the ground. (laughs) Yeah, that's fine. You you rented him. It's just a rental car. You could bring it back damaged. He's uh, not quite CC Sabathia just because we have him for a couple years, but I think they're probably still going to ride him pretty hard in the mm-hmm. playoffs. Clevenger, when does Clevenger make his first start for the Padres? I don't know. I don't know. But I, I mean, he's healthy, right? He just was. Yeah. I think he was just there because of the COVID stuff. Yeah. And the Yankees didn't want him because of his hair. Oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I saw an interview with him where they were like, "How do how do you feel? What do you say to people who mention the COVID thing?" And he's just like, "You know, one mistake doesn't define me," which I guess is a fine answer. But it, the way the way he said it is just like he's like, "It was no big deal." Yeah. Well, I mean, at least he wasn't Plezak, who was like blaming the media while driving around not buckled up in his car. <laughs> Did you see that? No. Yeah, he took like a, he put like a Instagram like video where he's filming himself on his phone driving and not and doesn't have his seatbelt on, and yeah. is like, "This is all the media's fault." Like we were being safe out there, we were distant, blah blah blah. Like, oh my god! And then people are commenting, "Put your seatbelt on." <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was yeah. When that happens, just like just my advice to you kids is just eat shit for a month, and then you'll get through it. <laughs> yeah. Also, or make a video yeah. of you recklessly driving. It's tough. I feel like these guys like have almost like lived sort of this like insane life from being so young mm-hmm. that like they're just so disconnected from like the like the Kirk cousin comments today yeah <laughs> it's just like this guy's just so disconnected from the world that like he doesn't understand how horrible what he's saying is i know uh it's such the worst it's like what's well, my risk if i die i die it's like well, no one. That's not what this like social distancing about is. It's not about like yeah. protecting the healthy. Yeah, it's also like don't trivialize the two hundred thousand people who are dead. That's yeah. a horrible thing to oh do. Oh my god! And saying it's like natural selection. That's yeah. so like getting eugenicsy. Yeah, it was really bad. Yeah, as if Kirk Cousins. <laughs> as if Kirk what? Cousins. You know, wasn't already a marginal quarterback. Yeah, it's true. It's not. Well, I guess it, that it, the positive for him, he can't really tarnish his legacy when like <laughs> people are probably going to be talking about him like Gus Farad in twenty years, or you just yeah. go like, oh yeah, oh yeah, remember when? <laughs> yeah, the Redskins had that shitty quarterback <laughs> who they paid. <laughs> yep. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, cool. Um, anything you'd like to plug? Uh, still doing shows at the Armory. You can email the Armory Comedy at gmail.com to book shows. Check them out on the website, the Armory, or sorry, I guess it's the Armory Comedy at Gmail. And then the website is 
brmurraycomedy.com to see what's going on. Yeah, lots of good shows. Character showcases, sketch shows, everything. Everything under the comedy spectrum. Uh, thanks for doing this, Marcus. Uh, we'll talk again when uh, the playoffs get here. Oh, yeah. Uh, I, of course, am at Larry the Athlete on Twitter, Instagram, LinkedIn, and Bubble. Please subscribe to Larry Knows Sports on your favorite podcast listening app. May the rest of your days be days of thunder. <laughs>